Hello everyone, I'm delighted to welcome you to the Power and Purpose Through Peace podcast. My name is Bulitiwi Aishimoju. I founded Magni Essence Coaching to help you reconnect with yourself, magnify your essence and reveal your magnificence. You see, to lead meaningful lives we all need purpose. To fulfill our purpose, we need power. And to be truly powerful, we need to tune into a space of peace. My podcasts bring you information and inspiration that help you activate the power, purpose and peace you need to be the change you want to see in the world. Of course, in a happy, healthy and sustainable way. Our theme for today is love and shame. Maya Angelou said, love recognizes no barriers. It jumps hurdles, leaps, fences, penetrates walls to arrive at its destination full of hope. When we see love in this way, we cannot but sense expansion, openness, courage, energy, and vitality. On the other hand, John Bradshaw in his book, Healing the Shame That Binds You, wrote, to be shame bound means that whenever you feel any feeling, need or drive, you immediately feel ashamed. The dynamic core of your human life is grounded in your feelings, needs and drives. When these are bound by shame, you are ashamed to the core. From this perspective, shame is limiting, oppressive, restrictive and draining as we struggle to avoid shame whenever we feel. Deborah Campbell, a psychologist and author, in her Huffington Post article, Peeling the Onion of Abuse and Shame, of September 2017, wrote, When we do wrong, accountability is helpful. Compassion is helpful. Apology and forgiveness are helpful, but shame is not. Today on the podcast, we have Sonia Singh. Sonia is a master of emotional intelligence who has brought the light of awareness to the lives of thousands of people across the globe. Over the past 11 years, she has mastered a large spectrum of holistic techniques, such as clinical hypnotherapy, theta healing, family constellations, emotional freedom technique, spiritual response therapy, access consciousness bars, and reconnective healing, to mention a few. Today, she inspires, empowers, and facilitates individuals and groups, their private one-on-one sessions or group workshops to expand awareness, enhance confidence, well-being, clarity on individual wants and desires. In the light of new awareness, you are better equipped to introduce new approaches, thinking, feelings, and attitudes. Sonia is a healer. With her presence, she facilitates your self-healing in any aspect of your life that you choose to clear away the pain and difficulty whilst bringing in ease, comfort, and grace. Sonia, it's such a pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you, Bulatui. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here today. I'd like to thank you and everyone who's going to listen to this. I am so, so in happy. Advance. I am particularly <laughs> I'm excited. excited about the topic 
what we're going to be discussing today, which is love and shame. And the first question I have for you, Sonia, is in your perspective, what is love? So in my perspective, love is, it feels open. It feels like a flow. It's easy and you're able to explore and experience everything in life. While on the other hand, mm -hmm. shame, that's the other part of our topic, uh, feels more of a very dense, blocked, limited energy. Stops us from really exploring everything mm. that life wants to show wow. us. So it's interesting what you said because you described love as being open and in flow. And from what you're saying, it seems you're saying that shame will block that flow and prevent us from being as open as we need to be to be in love, to stand in love. Mm. Beautiful. Yes. So more of a flow state of beingness versus yeah. a very tight, tense, fight, mm. flight kind of beingness. Absolutely. Would you say that shame is on the spectrum of fear? Yes, please. Hmm. Because, Very you know, much. Sonia, I'm sure you've heard the expression before, but I think I'd like to explore this a little bit right now, that there are only two emotions, love and fear. Would you agree with that? Or do you have another perspective? No, I would agree with that. There is, hmm. love helps us flow better be open uh, to experience the potentials that are available for us while fear really holds us back. Fear is a very much uh, limiting source of energy. It will keep you stagnant, stuck, lazy. Because um, fear sort of is dense energy as we see it now, as, as we have proof um, that it kind of, limits you and keeps you stagnant and stuck. So it doesn't allow you to flow as much as when you feel the energy of love. And again, the energy, as we call it, love, it's a point of reference for us. When you were describing love, Sonia, you mentioned expansion, or at least that's what I heard, something expansive, open. And when you were describing shame, you talked about being tight, you know, constricted, tense. And it's very interesting because I'm sure you've heard the poem um, by Marion Williamson when she talks about our greatest fear, not being of being small, but of actually being who we truly are. And then when you then use those words, love and shame, yeah. shame being tense, constricted, small, being in fear. In that case, as you just said, fear keeps you, holds you back. Are we not sometimes using shame to keep ourselves small? Absolutely. Um, if we allow ourselves to know 
that the energy of fear or fear itself is just, mm. it's a lie. It's in your head. Because you have the capacity, each person on this planet has the capacity to just step forward and see that it's not true. 99% of the time, the fear in your head is a lie. It doesn't come true. Think about it. Think about all the crazy thoughts we have in a day. None of, us come, none of it comes true. It's so interesting that you say that because there's another um, acronym that I really love, which says that fear basically means false mm -hmm. evidence appearing real. <laughs> I love that so real. much. Correct. Uh, yeah, because it's true that... Um, Me too. If, we, if we're going to relate fear and shame, the kind of things we, we say to ourselves or we think about ourselves and we think everybody else is thinking and all of that. I mean, first of all, it's probably quite... I don't know. I was going to say people probably don't have time to be thinking about you as much as you know you think they are. <laughs> That's number one. <laughs> and second of all, they're probably going through the Correct. exact same yes. challenge and problem that you are. And so maybe I may actually hear about your issue and think, yes. wow, you know, me too. I feel the same way. I didn't realize that. And there's yeah. no connection. But because we're so busy in our heads Beautiful. doing this little false evidence appearing real party um we don't we lose that opportunity for connection yeah. with other people we think they'll think we're weak and small we will feel weak if we tell them etc etc what what is what is interesting for me now is to really dive into this to to really understand or to help people understand when we talk about love and shame how does it come about that we start feeling shame? Why do we feel shame? And how does this then relate to our ability to love and be loved in return? Brilliant. Um, I'd like us to consider that our bodies are a massive information storage units. Everything you see, hear, taste, touch, all your senses here, um, create mm -hmm. information that your body receives. And you have a perspective and an idea about everything around you. So when you see something that you really, really like, and it could be as simple as um, apple pie. You know, we've had it before and I'd like some today. Shame helps us connect it to. So number one, the feeling of having an apple pie for me is pleasure. It's amazing. I really enjoy it. It reminds me of multiple times I've had it. I love the taste of it. But at the same time, shame helps me feel guilty about having that. So I'm diluting my love with shame continuously throughout the day. And it could be for anything that we experience. 
So instead of me just experiencing the apple pie and really enjoying it, I don't allow that because somewhere in my consciousness, there's a lot of shame attached to it. And that shows up as how I feel in that moment eating the apple pie. And that again gets registered by the body and my mind and my consciousness. So it's consistently there are layers and layers and layers of these ideas that we keep adding to everything we do. And that's just a tiny little example. Um, it applies to our relationships. It applies to our relationships with anything in life. It could be money, work, um, you know, how we see ourselves. There's so much, there's so much shame attached to what we love. If I love money, um, there's a part of me that will consistently tell me that it's wrong because that's what I've heard in my childhood, during my teens. I still hear it from a lot of people today that because of money, um, this is what's happening in the world. Because we, because there is, there is um, such an un, um, unbalanced unfairness around money. What if I was to have a lot of money? Mm. How would people see me? All of that connects us to, or keeps us in the energy of shame, limitness, a limitlessness, not in a state of expansion. Because there are thoughts and feelings attached to everything that I would like to have more of. Wow. You've said something, Sonia, an expression I've never really heard or has yeah. struck me about diluting, needing to dilute our love or any emotion as a matter of fact and it makes complete sense because if you're feeling yeah. a certain type of emotion and then you now start feeling the opposite obviously you're not going to have a full experience of that emotion that you were feeling feeling initially just for people to understand yeah. where did we learn initially to start needing to reduce our love to reduce the intensity of our love to start feeling bad about even loving where does this come up as humans is it before we're born is it as where do we learn pick up this understanding that there's something bad or shameful about loving beautiful um Blue, thanks to science today, we understand that our body is made up of atoms and it's made up of energy. And these bodies that we carry have been put together with information already preset through your DNA. So when you're stepping into the body, when, you're, when you've taken on, sort of when you come into life and you're taking on this particular body, there's information in that body already about, you could say, there'll be shame that's genetically passed on. There'll be anger 
there'll be different emotions that are genetically passed on. Now, the good and the bad, as we sort of, you know, as we have this understanding of good and bad. Um, so when we're born, the one thing that's different is consciousness. Your consciousness is different than the other person. That's why you notice when you're born into a family, you notice that there's something different about you. Your thinking is slightly different than your parents or your siblings. Your method of doing certain things is different. Your feelings are different. But at the same time, there is this very deep feeling of shame, the very deep feeling of guilt. So if we were just to look at it in this time, in this life, the whole idea of what is what you can have, how you flow, how do you limit, happens mainly in your childhood. From zero to seven, that's what we've seen. So from zero to seven, you or any person when they explore something new, because they're, they're unknown to it. They have no idea what that feels like. And at that moment of time, their body collects all the information that's been fed to them. So if a child touches something that they're not meant to touch, mm -hmm. there is a response from their surrounding. And it could be from a parent. It could be from a guardian. It could be from the brothers and sisters, it could be from anywhere. So the body is collecting information about that particular experience, the whole experience. It'll collect information about the temperature in the room. It'll collect information about their emotions, your emotions, and all of it. And if it's a good emotion, if it's a joyful emotion, then the body is comfortable experiencing that over and over again. But if it's an uncomfortable experience, the body has, the body is really intelligent. It will shut it down. It will stop you from being that free with experiences and exploration. So you immediately stop to flow and then you change into either flight or fight mode. Because a shock has occurred, a block has occurred at that moment of time, stopping you from flowing with experiences and exploration. That's what we call, so the flow energy is, is love. Like you flow with it. Now, this is interesting, Sonia. So from what you're saying, if a, if a baby is exploring or a toddler or a child is exploring its surrounding and reaches out its hand to touch something, you know, yeah. because it's delighted, it's curious, it's in that mode of flow, let's put it that way. Love yeah. everyone wants to call it. And somebody says, stop, or, yeah. you know, there's an alert. So, of course, if the situation was the child is going to hurt itself, is there a way you believe that this child can be alerted to that without it then causing this wound? Or Because, of course, no, no parent is going to allow their child, I mean, touch some dangerous animal or or hurt itself that that's not what what people parents do so 
what would you say about that? Because, of course, the idea is not to scare the child, you know, from, from touching everything. But in certain situations, it's important because it may actually save the child's life. Or are you, or is it just a question of the frequency with which this occurs that is now a problem, not the fact that it happens once or twice? Yes. Um, so number one, we have basic instincts, even as toddlers. And a toddler understands what is dangerous and what isn't. The parents, on the other hand, or the guardian or someone, I mean, the people around the child, they're mm. emitting their fear onto, onto the little person because they're scared of losing or not being a good caretaker or a good parent. They're not aware of the basic that we all have innate within us. Literally, it's a child is aware of what is dangerous and what isn't. And this is proven by science. There are many, many experiments done where they completely can, can guarantee you that a child will not uh, purposely put themselves into danger. They are so clever. They are really, really, really intelligent at that age. And when it comes to things like, let's say, if a child puts their hand on something hot, it's exploring. But I like what you said about the frequency, the frequency, the repetition. It's like an affirmation. The child is consistently told, you cannot have that. Don't touch that. So that itself takes away the child's free flow of choice. That's the first part of it. It has to depend on somebody else to tell it what is, what it's allowed. Hmm. What it can have. And that's the shame element of it. Like, am I allowed? Do I deserve it? Am I worthy? Can I have it? And you're right, it's a frequency. It's a number of times you're told over and over again that causes that disconnect, that separation from your own choice, from your own decision-making abilities. Of course you can have it. But you may not want it. <laughs> Is it attached to the... Correct. That's the other thing. I mean, this is a massive topic and we're yes. just touching upon very little of it today. Um, so if, if I am consistently told that I'm okay to love and what I'm supposed to love versus what I love actually, mm -hmm. as I grow older, it will no longer be in my consciousness because it's been suppressed. It's been I'm, I'm separated from it because every time I did touch it or, or explore it, um, I was told that that's not what I really want. That's a very, very, very big topic you've just talked about there because it's true that in my coaching practice as well, one of the things that we work on is what do you want as, as you know, versus what society wants for you, that reconnecting with yourself. Um, and 
I'm just going to say this for the record, because I'm sure many parents may be listening to this and thinking, hmm, I'm not sure I'm going to be allowing my child to just crawl around freely in touch with whatever they want. So I just want to say that you actually have two beautiful sons. <laughs> and so you, you certainly yes. know what you're talking about. I, yes. I, don't, I, I don't have any children. Absolutely. The one thing I would say, though, is, of course, one way of probably preempting this, of course, is keeping the environment as safe as possible course you know child gates etc etc and then within that I suppose the, the need for always having to be on the lookout or projecting fear will probably be probably be very much reduced um, but I think the real topic here is love is a very important feeling aspect of our lives and we often are afraid to love because we're afraid to open up. And the reason why we're afraid to open up is because we are, we feel vulnerable, I suppose. And here I'm going to actually borrow something from Brene Brown, who's somebody I really, really find interesting. And she, she is amazing. Me too, she's she? amazing. And um, she talks about shame as being, or the feeling that, I am wrong versus I did something wrong, which which would be guilt, you know. Beautiful, yes. And when I heard that for the first yes. time, I thought, oh my goodness. And she goes on to say how when we feel that we are wrong, then of course we want to limit the connection with the other because connecting with that person would mean they will discover something about us which invariably would lead to them disconnecting, which is painful. Incredible. Really let's well thank, put. Let's Very thank well put. Renee Brown. Really, it's <laughs> absolutely. And um, some of the work, some of my work is influenced by mm. what I've read in her books. And this whole concept mm -hmm. of I am wrong mm -hmm. is, is so powerful. We're making choices or decisions from that core mm -hmm. understanding of self. Hmm. Something, no, please go on. To... And it really affects mm -hmm. us. It really, really affects us um, yeah. uh, in our relationships with everything, everything. Uh, it really, really, really affects the way we see ourselves. And hence that also blocks the flow, the love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for self yeah because if if you felt at a deeper level that you were wrong how much love so, would you give yourself uh, it's, it's, i mean i'm smiling right now so true self self-worth right yeah and why what would actually what would actually give you joy to wake up mm -hmm. in the morning and do something mm -hmm. for yourself the desire to give self comes from a space of love. If I love myself, I will jump out of bed in the morning and give myself everything. It's like when you do it for someone that you love. You want to give them the best because you love them. And that Mm -hmm. And they're worthy of it, and they could be, they could be really, really, In really horrible to you. Yeah. But you, you love them, yeah, mm -hmm. and you love them, and you still get up in the morning and do great things for mm -hmm. them. 
um, what's stopping us from doing the same for us is this this feeling of not being exactly. enough or worthy or deserving of it because I'm wrong. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that. Another True. thing, I'm, I'm, very I'm, well said. Just to follow up on that, Sonia, um, is this idea of sure. There's no separation between myself and yourself. And I am you and you yes. and me. Again, a concept. But I've been thinking about this for a while. And very recently it occurred to me that when you're angry with somebody or you're judging somebody and saying they're this and they're that, etc., etc., fair enough, you might feel very justified to do so. But in the end, are you not simply projecting something you think about yourself onto somebody because it's more comfortable to see it there? Question. Absolutely. So the more shame we feel, the more we feel we are wrong. Yes. The more you'd probably find that we are very critical of others. And of course, inversely. Um, And what I also found is that as soon as you resolve any conflict or situation with one person, especially if it's been very intense, you also find that it's probably resolved other people as well without you doing any work on that. Because anyway, you are the one holding that energy. True. So if the energy has been reduced or eliminated, then there's nobody to project it on. And this is something Correct. that struck me only this week. And I just thought, wow. <laughs> Right. So, I'd love to share something. I would love to add to that. It's um, mm. recently in my work, um, we started, it was an intuitive um, guidance. And it was during a session a couple of months ago where mm. I was with a client. And the one thing that I noticed she kept returning back for was, I just cannot stop hating this person. We did a lot of work. We've done a number of sessions around the memory that she was holding. And it was a very intense and extremely intense memory. And I completely understand her feelings around it. And it happened when she was really young. But a couple of months ago, I was meditating and I real I, I received guidance and I applied it. And what I saw Um, and I'm going to share that with you right now, is all she needed to say to the person in the memory was the reason I can't let this go is because I still want to love you. And your actions and the way you've behaved with me forces me not to. And because I can't love you, that is what angers me the most. And that was it, Bulletui. That was it for her. As she said those words mm-hmm. out loud, she set herself free to love and not, not to love because the person had mistreated her. Our natural self is all about flow. And as we call flow, as we, you know, like the term for flow is also love. You know, it's it's the most excited state to be in 
if you if you remember falling in love with anything in life it just feels so good it's such a high mm-hmm. it's orgasmic so when she said those words that's how she felt wow so if i understand what you're saying this lady like we've all done and probably still mm-hmm. do was using a past experience, past experience of pain and hurt as an alibi to basically keep herself in a state of resentment. Correct. Which at some level she felt was protecting her against further hurt. No, that was actually forcing her not to be herself which is energy of exactly. flow because if she's not herself and we she are... keeps away then she doesn't open herself to further mm-hmm. hurt from the person hmm. what i what i mean is if i love you i don't necessarily have to be so loving you doesn't mean being with you mm-hmm. i can love you and accept who you are and how you choose mm-hmm. to live life or behave or treat people but stopping myself from loving you is hard yes. for us that's that's what becomes really really difficult because i have to hold a lot of resentment anger to stop myself from loving you which is so natural to many of us we stop ourselves and that's what angers us the most that's the depth of that yes what i was trying to say was the reason why we stop ourselves is because we're under the illusion that closing ourselves ah uh, yes protects us yes so we invest Correct. in the resentments as a form of insurance policy against future hurt this does not mean this is right or true you know false evidence appearing real but it's what we do <laughs> Mm-hmm. Also, Bulu, I'd love to sure. love to add to that. Um, I believe this is again of my course. own perspective and opinion of this that I don't believe we're scared mm. of pain in any way. I believe we're more scared of making a mistake, being wrong, because, mm. like you said, deep down inside, we believe we're wrong. So we're scared of actually validating that. So when you love someone that mm. treats you badly. for whatever for whatever reasons because there are lots of reasons which are not um uh, you know mm-hmm. logic like it's not logical it's not mm-hmm. it's not like that there's a lot of times um we end up loving people that treat us very very badly so if we keep doing that it keeps validating that we're making mistakes mm. and we're wrong we're attracting it at some level wow. so i believe that it's more to do with that feeling of i don't want to be i don't want to make that mistake wow. and how how will i sort of face everybody else with this mistake how will i do it 
Wow, that is so deep what you just said. So you you were saying that for you, the primary fear is not a fear of pain. It's a fear of being wrong, right? Um, I believe I see that, yeah. I see that with the work I do. That's just no, my own take on it. It ties in perfectly with this idea of shame. I am wrong. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. indeed, what I'm understanding from what you're saying is that some people or sometimes we're afraid to love because we we are actually afraid of being wrong beautiful yep that's how I that's how I see it Sonia so now I'm going to go into the practicality of this how is it that I can then or anybody can say I will I choose to love. I mean, love is a choice. Happiness is a choice. Emotions are often choices. Um, well, let's, I'll, I'll, I'll keep it that, that way for, for now. But so what is it that people can do to, to overcome this fear? To be able to say, look, I may love a person and it may be a mistake and I may hurt and that's fine but I don't then take it as my identity that I, I was wrong because that, re- that relationship did not work out. Um, so it was, wow. So, yeah, what is it that yeah. you can, um, you can share with, with, with um, the people listening? Because I think it's something we've all experienced to some level or another. It may not be with a relationship. It may be with a business deal that went bad. It could be with, an exam that didn't go well it could be with anything that we i'm going to put in quotes have failed at (laughs) big quotes there um so what would you recommend because we all grapple with this continuously nobody's perfect um what can we do i would request some very very deep inner work and that is done via certified and professional energy healers they have they have learned they have they are good at it and there's so many of them around now and there are hundreds of different modalities whatever is comfortable to the individual but it's about getting access into your subconscious where that unconscious belief is bedded. And unfortunately, we can't access it through the consciousness that quickly. We need help with it. And when someone you sort of stretch out to and say, you know what, I no longer choose to be defined by this. I no longer choose to live under this fear of, you know, that it's my fault, I'm wrong. And allowing the professional, the the person who has the ability to access that for you and helping you sort of clear that away from from your unconscious system, you will automatically be able to have access back to your choices. You'll see. Thank you for that. You'll see it. You'll feel it. You will, um, yeah, 
you'll be able to access it's 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 a very freeing moment when we come away from these very deep held belief systems that 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 feel very real and our choices are made from that space giving us further experiences of oh my god it is my fault it is my fault that i have bad relationships it's my fault that i attract men that abuse me it's my fault that my bosses don't pay me or it's my fault that i'm in debt or it's my fault and so forth and so forth and so forth wow it's it's because of deep held belief systems politically i mean you've experienced it i've experienced it the hundreds and thousands of people that can now tell you how their lives have changed by just being able to move some core belief systems absolutely and we have we have the techniques today thank god you're so right because i said earlier that um emotions are a choice love is a choice happiness is a choice etc etc what is also true is that if we've been behaving in a certain way for a certain number of years i would say then it's become such an embedded habit so we're no it's no yes. we're not no we're no longer doing it consciously it's un- before we even thought about it we've already done it so which is where Correct. the work you're talking about is precious um i could think of no better investment as in just going and clearing up clarifying becoming conscious of because the moment we're able to identify yes. and say oh i am angry I'm, i don't even like to say i'm angry i feel anger i feel joy i nice. feel whatever yeah then we're in a position to say okay do i really want to feel angry is that really what i want to do right now and if so so be it and if not i can stop it but if you don't even have that space <laughs> you know to have that discussion nice. with yourself yes. then yes you you, yes. you may not feel like you have a choice <laughs> at all Hmm. Yeah. This is, this is really interesting. And you said it in I mean this is incredible what you said that you know there's a lot of time. Hmm. It's it's you know we watch motivational videos. We go to motivational talks. We read books. I'm really motivated for a few days. We're high on that motivation. And it's a matter of days that you jump right back into a habit that gives you negative thoughts negative feelings you're reacting to everything mm. and we don't realize that the amount of energy that's being focused towards that negative experience with whatever you're choosing to experience from a space of i really don't have a choice this is mm-hmm. happening to me victim victim mode and we're nurturing it we have such faith in it because we talk about it we share it with everybody we keep talking about it we keep telling people this is what's happening to me mm. i'm not doing it this is what's happening to me mm. and until it's unconscious it's very difficult to access it unless you have some kind of support yes. you need you need help with it it's um it's quite a serious matter 
because that I mean we look at drug abuse as an addiction but emotional abuse is also really really it's 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 not good for us it's not good for our human body the amount of pressure the amount of stress the amount of you know the negative energy has a has an impact on your human body it damages it damages organs it damages you know your it it damages you emotionally mentally physically and spiritually mm. it does we've seen it we've seen what energy work does um it heals emotionally and once you're healing emotionally um you know people take better decisions and they they're able to choose better for themselves easily and effortlessly they're more aware they're more aware and they're more you know um for themselves which you know can be seen as selfish because you know we live in that society where we tell everyone no you must do things for other people yes absolutely we must it's a great idea to do things for each other but first take care of yourself that's number 1 be nice be kind to yourself first and only then will you be kind truly kind to somebody else and you won't do it from a space of agenda you won't do it because you want something back you'll do it because you really want to do it it's a choice it's not something you have to do because you want to prove that you're a good person you want to prove that you know yeah no ab- absolutely um i completely agree with you when you say that you know give by all means but as opera would say keep your cup full absolutely because otherwise what how can you give what you don't have i think it was maya angelou that said something about um you know she she would never um i, I think the, the expression she was using was that she wouldn't take dress lessons or something like that from a person who didn't have a shirt or something so basically she oh, she, nice. she wasn't really going to be accepting <laughs> love from a person who didn't love themselves um Um, it was it was quite interesting and there's something that I'd like to share right now which I think please touches upon the various things we've been talking about is from a book called hello happiness by a gentleman called robert holden and it says no one can love you more than you are prepared to love yourself and get away with it nice and i thought wow because it's true that I suppose we're only able to accept as much love as we're able to give ourselves yes. at some level if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. And so you were talking about relationships and things coming into our lives and so sometimes we complain about a certain relationship but we may want to say hmm maybe this is a reflection of how much I'm able to love myself or give to myself or invest in myself or whatever what it is yes. you know um yeah and it's how i treat myself yes, well yes. said it yes. is and what what i love about the approach you have you know described of okay deciding you want to do something about your life or your emotions going and investing in therapy or whatever it is you decide to do and then of course becoming more aware more enlightened etc is for me it means that you have a choice it means that you are empowered 
It means that your destiny is not in anybody else's hands but yours. And Correct. I think it's frightful to be any other way because it means that if everybody else is at fault or is responsible for your situation and you are not, it means that you cannot do anything about it. As um, one of um, a, a gentleman called Robert Simic, who's a person I went for coaching classes with, and he used to say, well, and this is something he'd heard from one of his mentors, was that if each time we have a problem and the problem was with everybody else but us, then we'd have to call all those people into the room to solve the problem. <laughs> so we'd have to call the government, the ex-wife or husband, the great-grandfather, whoever. They have to all come and discuss it because, you know, without them we can't move forward, can we? <laughs> well said. No, he, he, he's great. He's a great guy, Robert. So, um, yes, and... Um, I just think yes, this is um, this this is really really fascinating, and uh, it's it's been brilliant. So, Sonia, what would you like to leave us with? What would you like to say to us on this theme of love and shame? Hmm, what would I like to say? I'd like to say it's not that big a deal. Mm. Um, it's easy and simple. Mm. Everybody has the capacity and the ability to flow, to love. It's not limited to certain people. It's for everybody. If one person has been able to achieve it, it's a matter of understanding how. How did you do that? Um, making yourself, making you making yourself your top priority is very important mm. and realizing that nothing is nothing is out of your hand it's within you and you can access it you can reach out um, I can leave my details behind mm. and um, it's so easy and so simple mm. only if we would give it an opportunity and again, it goes back to, will you allow yourself to truly, truly feel what you're here to feel? Truly, will you allow it mm. to feel the infinite possibilities that wait for us all? Are we ready? Are we ready to really, really experience that? Mm. And are we done with with really making it so hard for ourselves because it's not, it's not that hard. Having gone through some, some extremely difficult experiences myself. Mm -hmm. And now that I sit on the other side, I, I can tell you that it's not that bad. It's not, it's actually quite fun getting to know the potential we are all are. It's, it's exciting. It's fun. Mm -hmm to have uh, a consistent flow of love in your life in all directions, not just one. And watching how it's, how once you internally go feel the flow of love within yourself, for yourself, and how it flows outwards towards others, and how it sort of starts showing up at your work. So all the drama around you falls, 
So it's really, really easy. It's easy if you're willing. If you're willing to change. It's about you. It's not about anybody else. Everything else is a mirror. They're helping you. The universe helps you that way. And it's amazing how it's all done for us. Every moment, every experience. And I wouldn't say we're learning because we're beyond that. It's not about learning. It's about experience. So we experienced, let's say, a beautiful loving relationship from, let's say, a lot of sacrifice and suffering. But do you know that there's a possibility of having a loving relationship from a space of love, Mm -hmm. from a space from the energy of flow? Mm -hmm. And would you like to experience it? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yep, that's it. Thank you. That, that's, that, that was very, very beautiful, uh, Sonia. And what I'd like to say to that is when you say it's easy, certain people may not understand what you mean by, by that. What I would say is it certainly gets easier. <laughs> the, sure. the, the more we choose to be in ease and um, one day they will probably experience what you're experiencing and understand why you said it's easy. Um, because you know these these shifts happen in an instant. We choose to, we just choose to change one day, and we really choose, and then things start evolving around us. And you also said something about: Are we ready? Are we ready to truly experience those feelings? And um, I'd like to share another quote from Robert Holden, who says, "Feel your feelings." Please. So he says, "Feel your feelings." A feeling has only one ambition in life. And that is to be felt. You cannot be honestly happy and untruthful about your sadness. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he has the most amazingly inspirational quotes. And then he goes on to say, which is what you're talking about, this process of healing and working in yourself and releasing. And he says, healing is not a war. It's a peace process. Wow, I love that. Oh, that that is perfect. Yes, it's seriously not being at war with yourself. I'd like to add to that. That's just reminded me of something. Uh You know, um, when we start this entire process of going inwards, Mm -hmm. myself included, um, I sort of felt that, oh, my God, I had so many things to fix. Mm. And, oh, my God. I would do, I would work very hard on everything that was said to me initially when I started with it. Mm-hmm. And I realized that the harder I worked at it, mm-hmm. the less I was able to feel. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing because when you start the journey, mm-hmm. each one of us goes through this entire part of doing something about it. Mm-hmm. And we don't realize that in a very short short span, it helps us understand that I've got you. Let go. Surrender. You're not here to do anything. You're just here to be. Mm-hmm. 
be with everything, flow with everything, experience and explore everything. Mm -hmm. It is for you. Mm -hmm. And thousands of people that I've worked with and facilitated as a as a as a you know as a healer as a teacher mm -hmm. and every one of us has undergone that process mm -hmm. and it's amazing how the interaction with that energy mm -hmm. that's us on a on a you could say on a much much expanded version mm -hmm. has the flow and the processes are are exactly the same It's like a starting, a middle, and then an ongoing process. But the ongoing process is, is gentle and kind and loving. Mm. But the starting and the middle is, is, is very much similar to each and every one of us goes through the same process. I've seen it, mm. seen it so many times. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. So, you know, he was saying healing is not a war, it's a peace process. It's not about resistance. Yeah. It's about acceptance. Yeah. Acceptance yeah. is the key to peace, love and healing. And when he talks about acceptance here, it just makes me think of what you were talking about. Because shame at some level is a lack of acceptance of who we are. We're resisting who we are. We're trying to hide it. We're trying to be something else. Or who we think we are, whichever it is. And um So I think just going in, going forwards and when we think about this idea of self-love, it's not the idea that we're arrogant or that we're perfect. It's no. that we are who we are right now. Accepting that already is so liberating in so many ways. And should we decide there's anything that we would like to express differently or any way we want to be different, then that's fine. But to, to, to move from a space of I am wrong, as opposed to I did wrong, is what I think wow. is extremely limiting to many of us. Because if you did something that wasn't right or was wrong, and you can, then you can do something about it differently now. But you may feel that it is actually more difficult to get a personality transplant, <laughs> um, <laughs> if you see what I mean. Um, and I'd like to add something here, which is, please, we're talking about babies and then, of course, caretakers and um, parents or even teachers. But anybody working with children, I think it's very important that we are aware of how influential our words and the way we 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 interact with those children can be because if we're very 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 critical yes then the child may be understanding or imbibing that they are wrong there's something wrong with them um and i'm not saying it's easy all the time to deal with children or <laughs> anybody as a matter of fact but it's just something one may want to bear in mind as to I may be contributing, of course, nobody's ever solely responsible for anybody else's um, um, actions or outlook. I may be contributing to this person's understanding that they are wrong. And yes. Well, Palu, um, mm -hmm. if I understood mm -hmm. and gave my space, give myself the space mm -hmm. to feel mm -hmm. the way I feel about certain things, mm -hmm. 
and I have that level of understanding and that level of compassion for myself, mm. I will automatically have that much for you. Yes. If I don't have that for myself, I will it. come. Yeah, I will come from the space of it's wrong. Criticism. Mm. That's not the way. If if I do not have the space mm. where I can live mm. peacefully within myself without judgment, mm. then that's all I've got to share with you because I have plenty of judgment. I have plenty of, uh, you know, fears. Mm. And that's why we're passing it on. Mm. Wow. Mm. I love what you said, Sonia. That is so true because you. you can't ask a person to give what they don't have. Correct. Mm. And something you said, if we could differentiate between I am wrong and mm -hmm. I did something wrong, just that, just mm -hmm. differentiate. Because mm -hmm. the words as they change mm -hmm. actually changes the way you look at it. Mm -hmm. That, oh, oh, oops, I did something wrong. Not that I am wrong. Because mm -hmm. that really defines us at some level that I am wrong. It's my fault. Yeah. And that itself will help the person see things differently. When they see that, oh, I've, I've done something wrong, not that I am wrong. It's very powerful. Mm. It's really powerful. No, it's extremely powerful, which will be another podcast. But this, the, this, the words I am, I'm beginning to understand are so, so powerful. Yes. And so anything that I'm putting after that, I want to be really careful about. Extremely so. Yes. Why I changed it earlier and said, I am this. I was saying, I feel this or I feel that um yes Sonia um it's been such a pleasure Thank you. as you know I find our exchanges so delicious <laughs> <laughs> me too always inspiring <laughs> thank you always extraordinary really 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 um enjoyed this and I think you've summarized it perfectly well I think one takeaway from this um podcast would be really next time you're about to feel bad about something or beat yourself up about over something you may just want to ask yourself is it that I am wrong or I did something wrong beautiful and if you're able to get to the space where you accept that yes I did something wrong or something I'm not proud of or whatever it was then there's so many options for you to do that thing differently in the future. Incredible. Yes. It just releases a different type of energy, I say. It does. It feels different too. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sonia. Thank you so much for your time. This has been absolutely incredible. And I look forward to seeing more of you on the podcast, actually. This has been fun. <laughs> thank you so much. It's been it's been really, really great for me too. Thank you so much for having me today. And and uh, yes, lots and lots of love to you and everyone who's listening to this. And I hope at some level it really, really contributes to them. I'm sure it will. I have no doubt. Thank 
you all for listening and investing in your power and purpose through peace. I'd love you to subscribe and share this podcast with others if you found it interesting. I invite you to share your comments with me. Till the next podcast, I wish you many magnificent experiences. Thank you.